Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 18th. This is week 16 of the 2018 NFL Fantasy and uh, Football season. My name is Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. And yes, this is our season finale. This is the last time you'll hear my voice <laughs> in 2018, as well as my co-host, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. I had a, had a fun, satisfying week for the most part in my fantasy semifinals. I know you had kind of a rough one, but uh, uh, boy, it was a, it's always interesting. Week 15 is always crazy, it seems, every year, and it really screws up fantasy playoffs for a lot of people. It, it, it was an amazingly weird week because you got guys like Saquon Barkley having their worst uh, game of the season. Zach Ertz, a couple of catches. Uh, I, the Juju Smith-Schuster under 10 points for the first time. And I, there were so many poor games by big-name players. If well, you made it to your fantasy ball, then and you deserve all the credit Aaron in the Jones world. Jones leaving the game with zero points. Eric Ebron playing the whole game with zero points. These are all fantasy yep, studs. Yep had in their lineups as a, as a general rule. And if you had injuries or lost players like Kareem Hump, like me, and you picked up certain players like Kenneth Dixon, he didn't, he barely got on the, on, on the field. Uh, if you had to pick up scrubs that had done pretty good in the last couple of weeks, like Zay Jones or Josh Dotson, they did not out they one catch, no catches. Uh, it, oh my gosh, Devin Funches has got just completely disappeared. You got a lot of players that were on, on uh, that were good, solid fantasy producers. Maybe not number ones for their position, but number twos or number threes, and now they're absolutely worthless. So if you had a DeAndre Hopkins that just went off, or even a Kamini Fairbairn, and I mentioned these two guys because this is what happened to me in FF Webmasters. Uh, my season without Kareem Hunt went to a flaming end. I lost a hundred, about 110 to 68, my low score of the year. Uh, I just got no production out of any, anybody, and it is what it is. The fortunate thing is that I did win uh, one one um, actually uh, our IDP specialist myself. It was a combination effort. Gene has got us to give the credit where the credit's due to Steve Yerger. He and I made the finals of back-to-back years in half acts, which is a dynasty keeper. IDP Auction League, <laughs> and uh, wow, I mean, and we rode James Conner all the way to the end, and then we picked up Damian Williams, and he was gold with those two scores on last Thursday night, uh, our, our defensive player stepped up and all, so yeah, we're playing for back-to-back championships, that's the only expert league uh, out of five of them that I made the finals, I was in, in four semifinals and lost three of them. Uh, but it is what it is. I'm just happy to be still playing. You're still playing, right? How many how many, uh, how many, many fantasy bowls are you in, Chris? I've got two this coming weekend, and uh, the only reason I'm not in a three is that uh, Cam Newton crapped the bed last night. So. <laughs> yeah, 
that's another disappointment. Well, you know, he's been dealing with that shoulder injury, and they're thinking about shutting him down. A uh, decision hasn't been made there. But anyway, let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, something just broke here right before uh, we went to air here. Uh, Todd Gurley, of course, has been dealing with a knee inflammation. He missed some of the uh, partial series and a half or so of, of the Rams game on Sunday night. Uh, and now the Rams have just signed veteran free C.J. Anderson. Um, you know, Malcolm Brown was normal backup. He got injured and is out for the year on IR. And John Kelly got a couple of carries on Sunday. Uh, I think that the Rams kind of hesitating. Uh, they don't want to go into the game against the Cardinals where they really need to win. But this is a good matchup for the running game. Uh, you know, if T- Todd Gurley can't go, this is only Tuesday. If he can't practice later this week, it's going to be John Kelly and or C.J. Anderson what, what do you do if you got Todd, uh, Todd Gurley, uh, uh, Chris? Do you, you, you run out and pick out Anderson, or you pick up Kelly? What, what do you think? Well, I, I think if you need him this week, Kelly is a safer bet because even though running back's the easiest position to jump in and contribute right away, that's why rookies do so well at the position, um, it's still going to be a challenge to take a guy that's been in this offense as compared to a guy that's coming in off the street. They're probably going to be some packages, maybe some goal line work for, for Anderson right away. But I think overall, if you have to assume that Gurley's out this week, Kelly might be your best play in this juicy matchup. Now, next week is the interesting one. If you happen to play a Week 17 fantasy ball, and I do indeed have one of those, which is a long story we won't go into, but I actually (laughs) picked up Kelly several weeks ago thinking that the guy who has Gurley was going to get screwed if he got to the final. I'd have him for Week 17 when they sat Gurley because it was a meaningless game. Now it could be valuable even Week 16. So we'll see. I think Kelly's a short-term guy. Anderson might be the guy if he's playing Week 17. Yep. Well, uh, there you go, people. Uh, run out and uh, grab Kelly and or Anderson. If you got, actually, I think if you got Gurley, you should already have Kelly over the last week or two since Malcolm Brown went down. But I think Anderson's uh, worth picking up just to find out what's going on. Of course, you know Gurley could be limited or practice fully this week and be good to go, and and it's no problem. But the bottom line is that you better be safe than sorry, especially when a fantasy bowl's on the line. Moving on over well, to Green Bay, very we, you if mentioned you're playing against the guy with Todd Gurley to make sure. You can yep. you know, do a little blocking and keep him from being able to have a viable starter. Even if you drop the last guy on your bench that you're not going to start anyway, having C.J. Anderson and or John Kelly sitting on your bench rather than in the lineup against you is a valuable thing. There you go. That's exactly what happened when we picked up Damian Williams. We realized that our opponent had uh, uh, both uh, Kareem Hunt, who, had, of course, had been out of the league now the last couple of weeks, and Spencer Ware, and we beat him to the punch and grabbed Damian Williams. Not only started him because we had James Kelly on the sidelines, and Jeffrey Wilson was our other backup, and Matt Bryder looked like he played, and he was going to play, and he did play uh, by start picking up Damian Williams and starting him against uh, the opponent that had Spencer Ware. Uh, you know, we ended up winning the game, uh, and it, it was a 30-point swing. Actually, it was a 60-point swing because we got the extra 30. Uh, he ended up not getting that 30 points, and we won by 50. It was a, a comfortable win, but without that, you know, if, if he had picked up Damian Williams and, and started him, we would have lost that game. And uh, so there you go, people. Anyway, let's move on over to Green Bay where Aaron Jones, like you said, unfortunately uh, zero points this past week, uh, sprained his knee. He's out for the season. They just put him on IR. Jamal Williams is going to start, but there's another interesting thing that's going on here is that Aaron Rodgers injured his groin, uh, so they're not quite sure if he's going to be able to practice and play this week against the Jets and, you know, really pretty much a meaningless game for the Packers. But, Chris, you still run out and grab Jamal Williams. I mean, is he the best uh, probably free agent running back out there right now? Uh, maybe. It depends on the size of your league and who else may have been dropped. But yeah. having watched Jamal Williams play, uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't start him. So I'm not sure really? I would run out. 
And if I, I mean, he was so pedestrian. It was so obvious. Remember all year they were clamoring Aaron Jones should be in the lineup because he's so clearly the superior back and Williams was just plodding along and doing nothing. Yeah, he had like one big game or one or two big games last year, and then he just was, you know, two yards a pop over and over again. That would worry me, especially if you don't have the threat of Aaron Rodgers in there, if you have Deshaun Kaiser under center for any length of time. So I'm really hesitant with really the entire Packers organization or offense right now for fantasy purposes. Especially, I'm not thinking Jamal Williams is as great an opportunity as as might be on your bench already. Well, I just want to bring this uh, fact up as if the fact that uh, uh, after Aaron Jones left against the Bears, Jamal Williams 12 carries, 55 yards, and a score, and he caught four out of five targets of 42 yards. I think that's pretty solid projection right there. So uh, the bottom line here is that if you've got nothing, no one better than, than to grab the, the, the lead back for the Packers, then I would go ahead and do it. Now, you can't expect maybe that kind of production this week or maybe because the, the, the teams have had a, had a week to scout for it. But, you know, the, the Packers are playing the Jets. The Jets' uh, defense played inspired uh, football against the Texans until late in the game when DeAndre Hopkins took over. But, you know, the bottom line is sometimes you've got to just grab what you can and, and start and, and cross your fingers and hope. Anyway, more uh, breaking news that happened right before we went to press, press here to, to, for the show. Over in uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers got their practice in on Tuesday, and good news for Melvin Gordon, fantasy owners. He practiced and looked like he practiced fully. Uh, don't don't uh, uh, hold me to that, but they said he did practice, looked good. Uh, and, in fact, the Chargers have also activated Hunter Henry from the pup. He's got a three-week window to either be activated or, or is lost for the year, so basically they might be priming him for the playoffs. But the bottom line is that he practiced today. He looked pretty good. Two players, two key players did not practice, and that's Austin Eckler with that stinger neck concussion uh, injury, as well as Keenan Allen with the hip. But, of course, these guys got off to an early practice period on Tuesday because they're playing Saturday at home against the Ravens in a huge game, something that could, you know, possibly give them home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they win and the Chiefs lose. Uh, so this it, it, is a big, big game for the Chargers. It's going to be interesting. Um, I guess, uh, Chris, if you've got – uh, Gordon, you're just kind of hoping that he's going to play, right? And it, but if you got Allen and Eckler, then uh, you better start playing in for other people to play, right? I think that's definitely the case. Melvin Gordon apparently was really close to being able to play in that big game last Thursday, so I'm pretty sure that he's going to go this week. And if he goes, even with the rough matchup, you absolutely have to start him. So I don't, I don't see any, any way you can put him on your bench uh, with this regardless of matchup. Keenan Allen is a little bit more concerning, and I'll talk a little bit more about him when we do our clicks and flicks, but he the style of the defense that the Baltimore plays actually really favors Keon Allen. So if he, again, is active, he's an absolute must-start in your starting lineup, but I don't necessarily think that any of his replacements are must-starts if he's out. And I'll go into some more okay. detail later on. Yeah, I want to hear that too. Uh, one more thing before we get to the injury uh, list here. Uh, Josh Allen uh, for the Bills, believe it or not, since week 12, he is leading all fantasy quarterbacks in scoring. I looked this up. I, I heard this on Twitter, and I looked it up. It, it is stunning. He's, he's running these long runs. He, he scores, and he's running for like hundreds of yards. A couple of a couple of games there. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, this kind of reminds me of uh, Blake Bortles' run last year, uh, throwing all those touchdowns late in the season. I know that because I picked him up and started him because I had a fading uh, 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 Sta- uh, uh, Stafford, Matthew Stafford, on my bench, and I had to start him, and he ended up winning me my my title. But uh, what, what do you think? going on there in Buffalo? you think Josh Allen just kind of got the short shrift early in the season, or is this running, or do you think that this is just the start of good things for him? 
Uh, maybe a little bit of everything there. Uh, I, I mean, the reality of it is that they had really good running backs early in the season. They had LaShawn McCoy, and Chris Ivory is, is, a, is a competent backup there. And the team was playing terribly, quite frankly. He was playing like the rookie that he was. He's got a little more familiarity. He's working better with these young receivers that were – because he was kind of sh- trying to force-feed Kelvin Benjamin early in the season and some other mm-hmm. veterans. So he's playing better. I mean, three consecutive 100-yard rushing games does go a long way towards your fantasy pro- prowess, of course. This actually reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow, who had a really great second half of the season or about maybe six, seven, eight years ago, and he carried a lot of people that were gutsy enough to start him to their fantasy championships. Josh Allen's got a really nice future. Um, I don't think he's going to continue to run this much, but – he, he's going to get better as a passer, and the team will get better. So this is this is a really nice future thing. I don't think it's necessarily somebody you're going to say, yeah, I'm definitely going to start him right now for for my fantasy championship. But, yeah, I mean, Ryan Tannehill also led all all passers in yards and touchdowns in the three or four weeks since he came back, too. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to, you know, really scare or impress anyone either. So for short periods of time, he's been awesome. It's very promising for the future, but I wouldn't get too carried away with it for the next couple of weeks. Okay. One more thing. Uh, any specific uh, fantasy ball advice uh, from uh, you, Chris, uh, you know, for people still playing this week? Uh, just the same. I want to reiterate what we said last week. Just, you know, play your studs. When in doubt, play your studs. I've seen several people asking questions on social media saying, should I bench, like the one reminded me of this question is, should I bench Zach Ertz for David Njoku this week, who's got a great matchup, and Ertz has been kind of struggling. You, if you're going to bench Zach Ertz, you probably shouldn't be asking the question. Much like people said, should I bench mm-hmm. Julio Jones because he's got a tough matchup, you know, and, and he's a little bit dinged. If he's in the lineup, you play Julio Jones. If he's in the lineup, you play, you know, Patrick Mahomes, whatever. You know, there's play your studs, play dance with the girl you took to the dance. Yep, I agree totally. Okay, uh, real quick, the list of injuries, uh, since we're running a little short on time. I already mentioned uh, uh, Cam Newton with the shoulder. It's it's up in the air. It's, uh, Ron Rivera is going to make the decision whether he's going to shut him down or not. He doesn't really want to, but we'll see. Uh, Carson Wentz, of course, with the back, is not expected to play. Nick Foles is going to play probably the rest of the season, definitely this week. Uh, running back, James Conner, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out tomorrow if he hits the practice field and it's looking good. Uh, you know, he's fairly close to playing last week, got a couple of limited practices in there, so we're all hoping him. We got him on our team in the hand half acts. So let's hope that James Conner plays. Leonard Fournette with a foot. He saw limited action. They said that was by design, but he also has a foot injury, so he's likely to be limited in practice this week. Matt Breida, ankle status uncertain. Kerryon Johnson, knee status uncertain. Lamar Miller, ankle status uncertain. LaShawn McCoy, hamstring status uncertain. Spencer, it says out for many people. Spencer Ware, shoulder, hamstring status uncertain. Edo Smith, the Falcons running young running back uh, uh, rookie uh, with the knee injury, his surgery is said he's lost for the season. They lo- they look like they uh, they they brought up Car- uh, Jeremy Langford to possibly share time with Tevin Coleman here over the last couple of games. Frank Gore with a foot, uh, X-rays were negative, but he's lost for the se- season. They're hoping it's not a Liz Frank injury. Uh, looks like uh, we would normally say Kenyon uh, uh, K- uh, Drake there, but uh, Kalen Ballage ripped off a long 75-yard touchdown run and on most of the carries there. Go figure with Adam Gase. Hopefully he's gone at the end of the year for for all the Dolphin fans out there because I don't understand what he's got against 
Kenyon Drake, but he doesn't want to play him. You know, who knows? Anyway, Rashard Penny with a knee status is uncertain for Seattle. Uh, OBJ in New York and wide receivers with the quad. Uh, we'll see if he branches later this week. Tyler Boyd with a knee looks like a low-grade MCL sprain, likely lost for the season. There's only two games left. They're not playing for anything. Sammy Watkins with a the foot. They'll probably sit him until the end of the season, until the playoffs. We'll see. Deshaun Jackson with a thumb hopes to play this week. We'll see if he even practice. Quincy Nunwa with the ankle in New York. Status is uncertain. Kiki Kuti with a hamstring. Fairly close, but, you know, he's got to get through a whole practice first. His status is uncertain there, too. And two tight ends, Jordan Reed with ankle foot set on Tuesday. Doesn't look like he's going to play. Vernon Davis is probably going to start again for him. And Jeff Swain, the wrist in uh, status is uncertain for the Cowboys. Two kickers of note, Josh Lambert with a right groin. Graham Gano with a left knee. Probably you should avoid these situations. They're uncertain to play this week. And they play on, on teams that are not exactly putting up huge points right now. Anyway, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff on there, including uh, free NFL quick bits, news uh, updated on a daily basis, including free in-season eye in the sky scouting reports, including the ones that cover the Colts by Chris Rito here. Uh, our weekly fantasy newsletters have two more newsletters left. We're in the middle of production of week 16, including premium injury quick bits, uh, which are going to go free at the end of the regular season. So everyone out there, we will be bidding up injuries and such during the fantasy playoffs in case you are playing a fantasy uh, playoff challenge, and the reason why I mention that is because our the last two uh, newsletters is uh, or have been uh, discounted premium newsletters to 9.95, and it also includes our famous annual rank fantasy playoff rankings report. John Holler goes through all the teams and guesstimates how many teams each uh, each uh, uh, how many games each team is going to be playing, and we rank uh, exclusively the exhaustive list of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, kickers, and defenses throughout the entire playoff. So if you're playing in the FFPC Challenge, which I am, and I urge you all to do this, it's at myffpc.com. It's $200 a play. You're going to basically pay, pick one player from 10 of the 12 NFL teams at different positions, like one quarterback, two, three running backs, two, three wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, a defense, and that's it. And then you, you, you're trying to, to decide and choose which players are going to last the longest and get you the most points. And everyone that, that you want, obviously, your quarterback and a, and a wide receiver or a running back to make the Super Bowl, and those players get double points in that game. Uh, there's going to be about 4,200. I think they're restricting it to 4,200 teams. That's a lot of teams, but they are going to be paying out the top 600 places. And I believe the uh, the, the championship is worth uh, either 300 or 400,000 uh, to the winner of this event. It's only $200 to enter. So I urge you to do that, and you can pick up our uh, playoff rankings report as well as our last two newsletters for only 9.95 on the site. 
It includes, of course, of course, expanded picks to click and flick in the market and NFL game matchup analysis and rankings for the coming week. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, for the last time in 2018, picks to click and flick in week 16. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. I'm going to start with Russell Wilson. He does seem to rise to the challenge in the bigger games, and none are bigger than a home showdown with a powerful Chiefs offense and their very lackluster defense. Um, I know he's been one of the lowest five passing offenses so far, but I do like him this week. The Chiefs have allowed 16 touchdown passes on the road, and recently they've allowed some very good fantasy days to Baker Mayfield and and Derek Carr with their very low-octane aerial attacks. So despite running the ball a lot, I think Wilson could shine this week. Uh, Casey has allowed the most – quarterback rushing scores for what it's worth as well. Another guy I really like is Deshaun Watson. Um, The Eagles team really has not slowed down any passing attack they've seen so far. They've allowed the second most passing yards at right around 300 yards per game. Um, I don't think Hopkins is going to be limited because he came back in the game after his initial injury, and I like the Houston pass catchers against this secondary, especially if Lamar Miller is out. That's a big loss, losing their home run hitter in the run game. I look for Watson to have a big day here in the air and maybe even rushing the ball. Okay, before I get to my uh, picks to click and flick here, I want to just correct and update a couple things about the FFPC playoff challenge. It is still a $200,000 grand prize. There's a $750,000 prize pool. It's limited to 4250 teams, and it is $200 to enter. I'm going to be playing multiple teams in this event. Um, I skipped it the last couple of years only because I kind of got burned out, but uh, because of injuries and such, didn't uh, place in the main event in the FFPC, so I'm going to grab at least a couple of teams here. $200 uh, you know, to, to possibly win $200,000, and the top 600 teams – uh, uh, will will cash out in this event, and so if you finish in the top 500, you're going to at least make your money back, if not more. That's a really cool thing to do, and it, it takes you all the way through the Super Bowl. Anyway, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week: Baker Mayfield, Cleveland. Uh, he's playing against the bungle pass defense at home, so uh, you know he's been playing a lot better uh, recently. I, I I think he's going to go for at least a couple of scores in this game. And uh, Dak Prescott in a, in a I think it's a, might be a watershed game. It's it's good for him the fact. That that it is at home, and it is against the Tampa Bay defense. It's playing a little bit better lately, but I think he's got a rebound at home against them. So I know if you uh, suffered through his shutout game last night, last week in Indy, I think he's going to perform much better, get back on track with the Mari Cooper, throw a couple touchdowns in this game, so I would not worry about him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Nick Mullen, San Francisco. Uh, the Bears come to town. Anytime you're playing the Bears, it's going to be you know a struggle, especially Aaron Rodgers last week. Uh, got hurt again in that game, this time a groin instead of a knee. Uh, he did throw his, his first, first touchdown, uh, first interception in um, several weeks. In fact, uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown two interceptions all of this year, and the last one came against the Bears there. Uh, so I'm concerned about Nick Mullins. I'd probably take a pass on him. And Matthew Stafford is like an ultra flick this year ever since they traded uh, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones went on IR. The Vikings come to town. Xavier Rhodes is going to be all over Kenny Galladay. I know Galladay had a big game last week, but that he's not going to be having doing that against Xavier Rhodes, so I'd be very careful about starting Matthew Stafford this week. How about a couple quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week, Chris? Uh, I know I said you're going to start him no matter what, but I'm going to say temper your expectations with Patrick Mahomes. Um, he has looked very human against good pass rushes and on the road recently, and this week he gets both in Seattle, which is tough on opposing quarterbacks to play there. I don't think the loss of Kareem Hunt has been unnoticeable in his success as well. He's kind of slowed down a little bit. So I just think you should temper your expectations in a game. I think Seattle's going to try and shorten by running the ball and controlling the clock if possible. 
and, and kind of a warning to not get cute in your finals is don't don't think about Lamar Jackson this week. Um, every he's been solid with all those rushing, but every defense he's faced as a starter is bottom seven in run defense, and four out of the five are also in the bottom seven in pass defense. He's feasted on terrible defenses without pass rushes. This week he gets the Chargers defense at his top ten in both, and can bring speed to contain him. This is the week the rookie starts to look like a rookie. I think. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Well, if you watched the game last week for the Colts, you have to like Marlon Mack. No offensive line is playing better than the Colts' young unit right now, and they get to host a team that has just been bludgeoned recently and has given up the ghost. He's got a great potential for clock killing, piling up rushing stats in this one also. I think this Colts team is smelling a little blood in the water with these Giants playing at home, and they really believe in themselves. That's a dangerous combination. And then I kind of like David Johnson this week. I mean, the Rams have been gashed by rushing up the gut the last few weeks by some very middle-of-the-road rushing attacks. And I also look at David Johnson, who struggled through a tough year without much help, but he's still never been below double digits in any home game, despite hardly scoring any of his touchdowns. Six of his nine touchdowns have been on the road. So he's getting the volume at home. He's quietly been an RB number one scorer all season. He's about 11th or 12th overall in most scoring systems while underperforming. So I think he's a safe play this week. Okay, uh, I like uh, Chris Carson uh, for the very fact that you mentioned that I think that Seattle is going to run, run, run on Kansas City, and they're very vulnerable. They're going to want to uh, to shorten the game, uh, and I think Carson's going to score at least once in this game. Uh, Henke catches passes too, so I mean, what's not to like there? And Philip Lindsay uh, should rebound. Uh, boy, he really struggled at home against uh, the Browns last week, which was a bit of a surprise. But now he gets the Raiders, and they're just terrible against the run. Well, then Lindsay's going to break a long one in this one. He's going to score, probably pile up at least 100 yards total yards. On this one, so it's a very easy to stick with them. A uh, couple of guys I'm be concerned about this week: Sonny Michelle, just the way they're not using him very much in New England. Uh, you know, they, they seem to want to throw the ball; they get uh, too panicky to get away from the run. And even when they do run, and he runs well, he's not getting uh, fluid carries uh, one after another. They're rotating the backs in there, and then when they get on the goal line, it's uh, Devlin, the uh, James Devlin, the uh, the fullback that's gotten that's stolen the last three uh, opportunities, scoring opportunities from Michelle. So. I'd just be careful about that. If you've got somebody else that's been, uh, you know, uh, playing uh, just as well as Michelle or even better, uh, you know, I mean, I just don't consider him a stud. Uh, Doug Martin with Oakland, uh, you know, it's one week he's a click. This week he's a flick. The Broncos haven't allowed a rushing score since week six. That's a long time ago. So I would not uh, expect much from Doug Martin. Probably avoid him this week if I could. A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm sure you don't want to hear this, but uh, I'm a little worried about James Conner this week. I mean, I know Science Point to him possibly returning, but I'd be concerned about slapping him right back into the lineup. Uh, and Pittsburgh showed that Samuels could definitely carry the load last week, and he is a far more explosive than a hobbled Connor, especially in the passing game. I think a date with the NFL's number one run defense on the road doesn't exactly help him either. And that, So I, I just think his floor is low enough that it's not worth the risk this week. Uh, another guy I'm a little concerned about is Adrian Peterson. I mean, that offensive line is decimated. They're on their fourth quarterback in five weeks. He's only averaging about two yards per carry over the last month, if you exclude that one ridiculously long score he had. It was kind of a fluke. Um, Titans, meanwhile, have only allowed 75 total rushing yards the last two games combined, and that's playing Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley. So in a must-win game playing at home where they excel, I think the NFL's stingiest defense to fantasy running backs makes this a really rough day for the future Hall of Famer. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? I like Robbie Anderson this week. I mean, it looks like Sam Darnold finally realized who his best receiver is. He's had 25 targets the last three weeks and touchdowns in back-to-back games. Two of those three weeks were against top-ranked pass defenses as well. So 
playing at home against a Green Bay team that has allowed the third most passing touchdowns and has been eliminated. I like his chances to score again. And I like Calvin Ridley this week. Carolina's been falling apart a bit, but as you saw in Monday Night Football, they can still take out one guy reasonably well, especially if that guy might be a bit dinged like Julio Jones. I think the Panthers do allow a fair amount of yards after the catch, which is more his specialty than Julio's, so I like them to get him the ball in open space this week, especially with two of their top running backs now on the IR. Okay, a couple of running back, a couple of wide receivers that I like this week. Uh, Doug Baldwin, he comes, he still comes under the uh, the uh, category of stud in my mind. Uh, I know a lot of people like going away from him and such, but you know he can do exactly what he did last week. When he's healthy, he can catch two scores. And guess what? They're playing not only at home, but they're playing the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, Chiefs the defense is just terrible. So uh, we all saw what uh, what uh, uh, Mike Williams did against them last week. Uh, Doug Baldwin's a different type of player, but I think Russell Wilson knows his number one guy. And I think he's going to score, if not once, maybe even twice. Uh, Allen Robinson, love him this week against the 49ers. Uh, uh, I think he's going to uh, uh, hit, hit, hit gold here in this game. I think uh, the, the Bears don't throw to him much anymore or that they have been uh, because he's kind of been dinged and such. But if he gets through the week uh, in good practice, I think Trubinsky is going to use this opportunity to get him into the end zone and get, uh, get him well, uh, well acquainted with him again. Um, couple of wide receivers I'm worried about this week. Kenny Galladay in Detroit, of course. I mentioned him earlier. I think he's going to come back to earth against Xavier Rhodes and the Vikings. I'd, I'd sit him. And certainly share for the Giants. Uh, he's just not getting it done uh, in terms of volume. I know he scored a couple of weeks ago, but he didn't do much this past week. Even with uh, OBJ out of the lineup, I think the Colts are going to limit him. They, they shut down the entire Cowboys uh, offense, so why can't they do the same to the Giants? I'd be really worried if OBJ sits in this game. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm going to start with Brandon Cooks. I mean, he was exploding while they had their three-headed passing attack and rolling early in the year, but his role has slowed tremendously since the wheel has fallen off the golf mobile in the last three weeks. Um, he had a big game against the Cardinals in week two, but that was Patrick Peterson's first game of the year, and he did not shadow Cooks like he has with number one guys uh, in recent weeks for about the last month. So besides seeing at least a little bit of Patrick Peterson as well as the recent trends, I think Robert Woods is a far safer play from this passing attack, and Cooks has a lower floor right now. Uh, and then I'll say Mike Williams is actually going to be a flick for me this week. Obviously, he had a monster game last week when Keenan Allen went out, but it's important to note that he did not have a single target in that game until after Allen left the game. Now you've got the Ravens, who are obviously a very, very solid pass defense, so the opportunities are going to be limited. And if you go back and look at who's beaten them so far this year, it's been slot receivers, quick underneath guys, the kind of guys who get a lot of targets and a lot of yards after catch. So, again, far more playing to Allen's strength than to Williams, the way he runs his routes. So if Allen plays, I think he'll get the bulk of the targets. But if Allen is out, the matchup style-wise and fantasy-wise could still be tough for Williams to, to excel this week and for that passing game to get much. If that's the case, it might be more Mike Williams and, and, and pass to the running backs. Or uh, Melvin okay. Gordon, excuse me. Okay. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you'd like and why? I absolutely love Evan Ingram this week, uh, especially with OBJ out or limited. I suspect the Giants will use Ingram early and often, much like they did last week, coming off that 12-target game. Um, very quietly, the Colts' defense has been really good, but they've struggled to defend the tight end position. They've actually allowed the most yards and the second-most receptions and targets, despite having played very few decent tight ends all year, and some of the good ones have really killed them. This is a very exploitable weakness with a guy like Ingram who has a chance to be one of the top tight ends this week. I'm actually starting him over Eric Ebron in, in, in my fantasy championship game this week. And a guy I, I like uh, uh, this week that a lot of people have been down on is Rob Gronkowski. Much has been made of how he's looked old and not himself in recent weeks. 
media has talked about how Brady is not aged and his team has fallen apart. They play a top defense this week. Absolutely no reason to like the Patriots passing game, right? This is why I think Brady and Gronk have one more great connection in this week. They're going to be at home. They're going to really – they're a proud team. They're, they're a cocky team. They're going to try and silence the critics. And then I also know that the Buffalo native Gronkowski has four straight huge games versus Buffalo and a ludicrous history of multiple touchdown games. I think you trust him this week in your championship game. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Jared Cook, Oakland, uh, I think he's going to score against the Broncos at home. Uh, and C.J. Uzma uh, for Cincinnati, uh, the Browns struggle against the tight end. And with uh, Tyler Boyd out and the A.J. Green long gone, uh, C.J. Uzma is going to see a lot more targets this week. I think he's going to produce. A couple of guys I'd be careful about, Gerald Everett with the Rams. He had a lot of targets this past week. Well, the Cardinals played the tight end very tough, so I'd be very careful there. And Vernon Davis with Washington, uh, assuming that he starts with uh, Jordan Reed sitting, the Titans have allowed zero tight end scores in 2018. Yes, they allowed those eight catches to Evan Ingram last week, but only on 73 yards and no scores. So especially if you're in a scoring league, basic scoring league, I would avoid Vernon Davis like the plague this week. A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Jimmy Graham's got a really tough matchup. The Jets have barely had anything in the tight end all year. And then when you watch him play, which has been erratic at best, he's been consistently poor since breaking his thumb. He's had drops, reduced efficiency, despite all the snaps and routes still being at, at his high level. I'd have a hard time trusting him this week, especially with that whole offense injury riddled. And I don't like Chris Herndon this week. He sort of disappeared once Darnold returned to the lineup. And this week faces the Green Bay team, which has done little well, aside from limiting the opposing fantasy tight end. Last week was only the second touchdown they've allowed all year and the first game over 60 yards to the tight ends since week two. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game and a TD-dependent guy like Herndon that hasn't scored since week eight. Too risky for me. Okay, how about uh, for the final time in 2018, uh, your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Let me have them. Second week in a row, I like Brandon McManus. I mean, Oakland allows ample kicking scoring opportunities among the most in the NFL. And I like Greg Joseph of Cleveland. You play all kickers that face the Bengals, and I think Cleveland could really roll them this week, so he might get a lot of, uh, a lot of field goals in the second half, a lot of PATs in the first half. A couple of defenses I like are two teams that pitched shutouts last week that have very beatable opponents this week. I like Tennessee at home versus Washington. Defense plays much better at home, and Washington's an offensive mess. And then uh, – I like Indianapolis against the Giants. That defense is swarming. Again, they're at home against a team that's kind of a dumpster fire, aside from Saquon Barkley right now. They've only allowed 12 points per game their last five. Pretty impressive. Okay. Well, believe it or not, people, this is the end of our 11th podcast season. Uh, Chris, I think you've been my co-host for about nine-plus of them. Uh, yep. I want to thank yep. you for being uh, there with me uh, to, for this journey. And, uh be very dependable. I mean, I, I, you know, the knowledge is just amazing. Uh, you know, everything, all the statistics and everything. You really put a lot of prep work into uh, into the podcast. It's very much appreciated by myself, and I know all our fans. Uh, you know, I wish you the best and a speedy recovery for your knee. Hopefully, the next time we meet and uh, do the podcast, probably for the free agency preview or review uh, coming in 2019, you're going to be out running around doing marathons, right? Uh, I don't know about that. I might be running to the marathon station to reload my car. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Anyway, uh, and this is our uh, the the end of our 23rd season online fantasy football mastermind, helping people try to win fantasy championships. 
We want to thank everybody for joining us once again. Everybody that listens out there on iTunes and, and everywhere off the, off the website and such, if you hear us on the radio and all. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next year. So goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone in their Fantasy Bowl this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.